All righty, guys, welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast, episode number 173. I'm your host, Bailey Eigenbrett. This is my good buddy here, Mr. Master Captain, Andy Full. What's going on, dude? It's stuck. It's in my regiment now. It's it's here to stay. You just call me Cap. Captain? Captain, Captain. Captain, Captain. Yeah, Captain. I'm so simple-minded, dude, that those, those commercials just very, very enthused. You're <laughs> Exa- yeah, exactly. What's going on, dude? How's your day? Uh, simple banker life, hanging out, you know. Ready to make the switch to the full-time guide life yet? Dude, I I freaking hope so. I need some people to start hitting me up and booking trips. So, one, I can buy a bigger boat. And two, somebody <laughs> can guide full-time eventually. <laughs> Should plug in that scene from Jaws, need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> just you on Erie with six footers. Just yeah, just like homework today, guys. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I think I'm very like thankful in regards to that I know how to fish the Upper Niagara. So if right. um if the lake ever does blow up, we can still go catch and just rail on some fish. Stay safe while doing it. So everyone. Right. Everyone always preaches how much fun the Lake Erie is. And I'll tell you what, there are times where that lake is tough that I don't even like going out there. I'll just put my boat in three minutes from my house and go catch 20, 30 fish in a day. And mm-hmm. they're not the same size, but it's just as fun. And mm-hmm. hard. So, and doing ways that you, you can't really use on the lake, too, which is exactly. I, think, I think you're a big fan of as well. Yeah. But uh, especially now that COVID year, too, because now you can't go to Canada. Oh, dude, that that shrinks that lake down. Oh, don't you want to talk about that? <laughs> well, hopefully it's over soon. Hopefully it's over soon, and we can go fishing Canada. But if not, it means it's more opportunity to learn. I can't guide in Canada, so. Oh, really? So even if we could fish in Canada, you can't go to Canadian waters while guiding. Correct. Hmm. Is there a way to like get your license or? How does that work? Is that possible or is it, it, it crazy? I don't exactly. I know it's not the easiest thing to do, so I'm just like. It's going to scratch it. Makes sense. I don't have to go to. Like, when I fish Canada, it's much more technical, and I don't want to waste time on, like, the technicalities of it with people and not have a good experience. So, Right. That's fair. I feel that. Well, dude, we finally have some uh, some relatively safe ice here, and I'm hoping I'm not jinxing myself and it's not safe tomorrow. <laughs> but finally, going to get out on the ice tomorrow morning with my brother. And first time he's been fishing, I think since since probably last March, maybe when I took him down to the road to the pond and we got on some frogfish. And that's probably about it. Yes, yeah, I frogfish in March. I would say that. What? He hasn't steelhead fished at all. No, he doesn't do anything. Didn't he ask me about steelhead fishing? He did. He did. And that was about time when all that stuff went down and couldn't get him the discount. But mm. um, it's, a, it's a thing where I think he wanted to put the time into it, but his mind was on deer season. And now that it's not deer season, it's all coyote for him, which, by the way, was a lot of fun. Did you get that? Huh? Did you get any coyotes? We didn't, but we had two. Di- so we were kind of like what you do is we were, we were field popping essentially. We'd go out and out. At, we went out at night, uh, left at like nine thirty at night, and like stayed out till one thirty in the morning. And basically, what you do is on your rifles you have like these big red floodlights. So you kind of just sit there and you, you kind of position yourself in the middle of these fields, kind of tactically. And you have like uh, you have a, a call essentially that's supposed to either. You know, present like a, a dying animal. And it sounds sounds horrible for these non-hunters. I'm sorry, but bear with me for a couple minutes or skip forward. Uh, and then you have one that's supposed to be like a pack of coyotes to draw them in. And we had two fields that we were literally like surrounded by two different packs of five or more coyotes, but they were on the tree line, like just inside the woods where we couldn't get a, a, an efficient shot off at them. Yeah. It, it would do. It's kind. Of, it's eerie though sitting there when it, it's like it's midnight pitch black besides your floodlight and you have only have that certain circumference where you can actually see with that light and all you hear is coyotes around you. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. It gets mm-hmm. it makes the hair on your, on your neck stick up. That's for dang sure. It gets your blood pumping. Yeah. But 
Either way, enough talk about coyotes. We have on Mr. Devin Christian, Mr. Debo's fishing today, and uh, we're gonna be talking baits. I know we on Monday night we had on uh, Mr. Eric Galasso, Mr. Epic Eric, and we had an awesome, awesome show talking about everything under the moon when it comes to baits. And uh, today is gonna be another one of those days. Mr. Uh, Mr. Devin Christian is a tackle junkie himself, so we'll be talking about that. How he's made it into a uh, dude. He's huge on YouTube, ninety-two thousand subs. I- I like perused some of his videos and I saw a couple had like 1.1 million views on them. Crazy stuff. Crazy. Getting, yeah. Like the, what the first thing I think of when I, when I watch some of his videos and how he kind of attacks certain things is like YouTube fishing has been around for a little while, but like he's finding creative ways to kind of to not only get views obviously, but to make an entertaining video, but that's also informational. But it's obviously like him still exploring the industry too, and, and showing these different baits, different setups, combos, and like like a lot of review stuff too, which I think is really cool. And obviously, there's a huge demand. There's always going to be a demand for review videos, so we're gonna get him on. We're gonna talk about a bunch of that stuff. He also lives in probably one of the hardest states to bass fish in the United States, <laughs> in my opinion. I could be entirely wrong, so he can change my mind uh, when we get him on here. But we're gonna get him on here in a second. But uh, a quick message from Hobie, and we'll come back with you with Devin. We are back, and we are joined by Mr. Devin Christian. What's going on, man? What's going on, fellas? Happy to be on. Heck yeah, dude. We're happy to have you. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Doing okay. Now, I mean, we don't have any open water, so it's kind of like that that dull time of year, but at least we get to ice fish a little bit. Same. Yep, I'm in the same boat. You guys all safe frozen up there, I'd imagine, being in Iowa? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I... We went up to Clear Lake, which was almost to uh, the northern border of Iowa, and fished la- two weekends ago. Uh, got on a bunch of perch, nothing too big, but um, got out last weekend here. Caught some some small bass, some good bluegill. I caught a couple that were right at 10 inches, so not bad. So, yeah, obviously, we've, we've had – we were talking offline here. We've had Tyler Cole on, who's from Iowa, and I yeah. neglected to ask him specifically how the fishing was in Iowa. So am I wrong in saying earlier that Iowa is probably one of the hardest states to bass fish in the country? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason there's no big tournaments here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like we have the Mississippi, uh, which is great. I honestly don't fish it. Uh, My old man's got a V bottom boat. So if I get the chance with him, I do, but I don't ever really get over there. We've got a bunch of, I was actually talking to, to Baxter, the Bateman about this, and we've got a bunch of different type of lakes, which is nice, but like nothing big. So, you know, nothing like Lake Fork or, you know, Okeechobee, anything like that, but we've got a good variety. So like we've got some, you know, clear reservoirs, we've got some super grassy lakes. Um, I mean, we've kind of got a mix of everything, so that's all right. I think like the state record is only like 10.2 pounds, something like I that. We are. So it's like 10.1 or something. Ours is just over 10. Yeah. Yeah. So we're probably in the same boat, but yeah, I think, <laughs> I think our, our fisheries are a little bit above Iowa. <laughs> have, yeah. you ever, have you ever left the state to fish or have you always been in Iowa? Just surrounding Missouri, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin a little bit, but Minnesota, obviously, but no, nothing big. I've got a family and work full time still too. So it's with my job. Grinder. It's hard too. Yeah. yeah you're grinding, man. Trying cool. to, man. Trying. New video every week, as we see when he, you visit his YouTube channel and then working full time and fishing. That's that's a grind, man. Props yeah, to you. It's a big grind. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. We're going to be getting into the whole YouTube thing in a little bit, but obviously okay. if you're new to the show, 
Uh, I'm curious, Andy's curious, you know, how you, you know, originally got started into fishing that first time going bass fishing specifically and, you know, who kind of got that passion installed in you? Yeah. Like Live that first catch. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't know if I remember my first catch. Um, one of the most memorable. So my old man, my old man loves fishing. Um, he certainly got me into it, you know, dragging me along on those days when it was, I remember going out with him and it was, you know, 98 degrees, 100 degrees, sitting in the boat. You know, he's slow dragging a worm or a Carolina rig. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I'm still throwing a spinnerbait back there, you know, and just just sweating. And it's so hot. And you're like, I don't want to be out here anymore. Um, but he used to grind them out. Um, so he's taught me a bunch. Uh, but I, one of the most memorable for me is one of my local lakes. Uh, we got on a huge bite with topwater plugs, a little Zara spook puppy is what I was throwing. Um, and that's still one of the most memorable days for me with pops, top water fishing. That's Heck awesome. yeah, dude. So kind of just, it took off from there. Like when did you really get serious, especially talking about the YouTube side too, because obviously you have a pretty respectable channel for when it comes to subscribers and almost you're pretty much scraping away at that hundred K mark. So like when did that all kind of start and you want to make a partial career out of it? Yeah. So, I mean, I fished hard up until like high school. And then once I left high school and went into college, I got into MMA, kickboxing, jujitsu. So that ate up my life for like 13 years. Um, I coached at a gym. I was doing fights for a while. And then I hurt my neck super bad, which has been like seven or eight years ago now. Oh, um, yeah. So that, that sucked. And it kind of was decision time. I had just had my first daughter. We were going to have the second on the way. And I was like, I don't, you know, what am I doing? I'm not going to be a pro MMA guy. I'm not going to be in the UFC. Um, so that's kind of when I stopped and just started slowly trickling back into bass fishing. And a couple years in, my buddy's like, dude, you know, they have YouTube stuff for this. And at the time I was like huge against social media. So I didn't have Facebook, no Instagram. Um, I didn't really watch YouTube at all. You know, I'm just like, that stuff's a waste. Um, and I kind of got into it. And I think like the first guy I remember watching was Cornell over at YouTube fishing vids. Oh um, yeah. 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 And I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like that seems fun. And I had some buddies, you know, keep saying, you know, just do some stuff. Even if you're just filming, you know, try to have fun. And one thing kind of led to another. Here we are. I can't do I think, I think DC was my first. Cornell. I think, yeah. I think he was the first channel I found as well. A long, yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Yep. Like I'm talking, that was probably what, six years ago, maybe more than that. Seven years ago. Was uh, when it really got into YouTube too. That yeah, was, I want to say six, seven years ago was when yeah, was when I got into it. Heck yeah, man, that's sweet. Mm. So when did you, uh, you start hoarding all the baits and the combos and <laughs> everything? Man, it's a it's a masterpiece. On, looking at some of your uh, posts on Instagram. Yeah, it's um that's always kind of been an addiction. Like I remember way back in the day when I was little. You know, you didn't have the internet stuff where you could surf. And so we would get like the Bass Pro catalog. And I remember me and dad would sit and go through that and we'd circle stuff. You'd have to, you know, write in your order and send it in. Um, so he's always kind of been a, a tackle nerd too. You know, I always loved going through his stuff. He's got old, you know, vintage lures. Uh, we even had like the old, what was it? The old color selector where you drop down it, you know, based on like the, the water temp and stuff, it showed you what color to use, all that, you know, stuff. And uh, then, like I said, once I hit, high school, like all that kind of died off. You know, I grew up watching Hank Parker, Bill Dance, um, KVD when he was young, you know, fishing the tournaments. I remember talking to dad about him. He's like, yeah, that guy's going to be good, huh? I don't think anybody knew this good, but, um, right. <laughs> uh, you know, then it just kind of fell off. Honestly, I didn't really pay attention to the industry. You know, I would hear stuff here and there and I'd fish every once in a while, like going under the river and stuff. Um, but I mean, nothing big until, like I said, like seven, seven or so years ago, it just kind of, Reclicked again and full pull into it. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. Kind of getting away from YouTube just for a second. So yeah. And I forgot to ask you prior. Um, I know we, we touched upon tournaments a little bit offline, but have you ever dabbled in it with any tournaments at all in, in Iowa or around Iowa? <laughs> I don't, I was just talking to somebody about this. Uh, I've only fished one tournament and I won it. Um, I was 10 <laughs> years old. It was the bank <laughs> fishing <laughs> tournament. Oh. <laughs> uh, I had big fish. Was uh, it like a twelve-inch bluegill. I think it was a fifteen-inch bass or sixteen-inch bass. Something oh, nice, you know, silly. Um, and I remember I was so pissed because I got this like junky little red Plano tackle box with I think there was a couple baits in it. I'm like, I got first, and like the second place person was like the 
like the mayor's brother's kid or something like that. I don't know, some deal. And he got like a brand new rod and reel. And I'm like, really? Like that's that's what's going on here? Politics. But uh, yeah. <laughs> as far as my tournament career, I'm yeah, unbeaten. I have not been beaten in my tournament career. No, I don't. Yeah, I've never got into it. I'd like to. Um, I'd like to try it. But I mean, you know, the, the thing people don't realize, like you'll talk to casual people that, you know, watch it and they're like, oh, that'd be cool just to be a pro angler and fish all the time. But it's like, you don't understand you're going to be gone from your family most of the time, you know, traveling, you're driving with your boat, you're pre-fishing a lake three, four days before, you know, so you're already tired. You know, you go out and fish a whole day now and you get done and it feels like you're you know, especially in the summer, like you've been ran over sometimes, you know, doing that four or five, six days in a row or whatever, it'd be brutal. I wouldn't want to be on the road that much. And yeah, I mean, you really have to want it. You have to want to compete. You know, so I guess it's kind of like going back to MMA. You know, I would talk to people that are like, you're insane. Like, why would you ever get in the ring with someone? I'm like, you know, it's no different than any other sport. So it's just, you know, it's, it's a, a mind thing. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all on what you want to do to compete. Yeah, definitely. Now, what's your what's your method right now of getting out on the water? I mean, do you have a boat, or are you are you a bank warrior? What, what's the deal? Um, I have a boat. Yep, I've got a John boat, and then fish in the bank. And I would love to fish from the boat more, but I still work full time. So for me, a lot of times it's just time sake. Like, you know, I might have a couple hours after work before I have to go get my girls from school, or you know, we've got a, a school function or sports. You know, that's all kind of turned around now. My old lady works at the hospital, so. She's been working late, you know, of course, with everything blowing up. Um, so a lot of it's just time. I don't have, you know, a full day to get up at dawn and launch the boat and get everything packed, you know. So it's – I do what I can. But Heck, yeah. Dude, what you should do – now, if, you, if you're looking to get into the tournament thing, now, if you want something that's kind of, like, not too crazy involved and a lot going on, you should you should link up with Tyler Cole, like who we talked about. I just I just follow him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and you should see that that Hobie Abbey ran. You should get yourself one of those and go fish that local trail in, in Iowa. See, yeah, I I've had a whole bunch of people hounding me to get a kayak. They're like, we want to see kayak videos, and it's hard for me to justify that because I've only got so much garage space, and I've already got a, a jumbo, and I'm like, dude, it's like an aluminum kayak. I can go anywhere where kayaks can go. Plus, I've got oh, a. Right, yeah. You know, a 60-pound thrust trolling motor on there, I can just scoot around. There you go. So, I don't know. Maybe I just need to break down and get it. But You can always <laughs> store it on top of the John boat. Well, see, that's what my buddy was saying that I need to do for my ice fishing hut because we're all froze over here. And he's got, like, the chain thing in his garage, his buddy does. So, he just backs his truck in and then lowers his ice fishing hut in the back of his truck and goes. And he's done the same thing on the side for his kayak. He just, you know, because, like, the garages here in Iowa, you know, a lot of us have like the two-story garage, but there's nothing, you know, up top. It's just mm-hmm. all open space. Mm-hmm. So right. I don't know. Probably need to bite the bullet and get one, but <laughs> there's different things you can do storage-wise to, to kind of set them aside or a way to kind of like keep everything organized and just have your kayak on top of it or something like that. It doesn't doesn't take a lot of a lot of work. But like it's 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 such an easy way though to kind of get into the the tournament scene. Yeah. Granted, it's it's entirely different than you know sticking fish in a live well and calling. It's completely different than that. But is it is probably I would have to say. And Andy, you feel free to disagree. But if you're trying to do low cost, you know, low investment, it's probably the easiest way to get into a tournament atmosphere. Should I mean if I had the money between having a bass boat, I would probably buy a kayak and do some. I just I had to pick my poison, so I yeah, and I. There's just something about going 60 miles an hour on water that I just oh, yeah. couldn't say no to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you're in here in one area and you're like, I want to be four miles that way. And yeah. you, know, you can pick up and get there, right? You know, two <laughs> minutes later on a kayak, you're like, well, I'll be there in an hour. Yep. yep. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> so like, I think it'd be really cool to get a kayak to fish like really small like lakes and ponds that normally you can't access. Yep. So it's like that far bush laden bank that you're like, I know there's biggins over there, but I can't cast far enough. And there's fence, so I can't get over there to it. But if I had a kayak, I know I can do some damage. So yep. those are like the opportunities that come to mind for me. Definitely. Yeah. I think I'll retract my last statement about the kayak being the easiest low impact way to get into a tournament. Get a friend with a boat and do a team tournament. <laughs> yeah, very true. I was wrong. That's probably a lot easier. Oh, 50 bucks for co angler? Okay, yeah, I'm in. Done. 
There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll retract retract what I said about the kayak, but it, it is a cool way to do it if you want to do it solo. I'll I'll say that. But uh, it's it's definitely something different. But uh, but dude, talk to me a little bit about the YouTube. What was kind of the inspiration and in going down the path of because like you have such a commingle of of different stuff. Like we were talking about, like you had review videos. You have you'll take specific. Um, I think I saw one like with finesse jigs where you compared. Or the different finesse jigs from different companies and trailers, and you do, um, let's see, just simple fishing video. Like you, you're all over the board. Like you're touching each niche in the fishing industry, which is extremely smart. But like, talk to me, how, kind of how that all started. Yeah. So I mean, that was just kind of something that happened out of necessity. Like for me, you know, you see a lot of these guys in Texas and Florida catching pigs every other video, and it's like I don't, I don't have access to that. I don't have you know, a bunch of private farm ponds or anything, you know, that I can just hit anytime I want to. So it's, I mean, everywhere I fish is public. So if I go out and there's 70 boats there, I've got to try to make a video. Um, so the other part of it was like I was saying, you know, with my family and downtime, I may only get, you know, if my, my wife's working uh, a bunch of overtime, you know, 12 hour days, I'm only have two days to fish for the week. And if one of those days stinks, you know, I've only got one other day and I've got to wait a whole other week. So for me, it was just, out of necessity, like, Hey, I'm just going to talk about reels, give my honest opinion. I'm going to talk about baits. And a lot of those just started getting tons of hits. And, you know, people are like, Hey, we love watching this stuff. Just a normal guy talking about lures and stuff. You know, it's not some, you know, you're out working for a company telling me about it. It's just talking baits, you know? So, um, got into that. I started lure painting too. So I paint crankbaits. Um, you know, that was again, just the, the winter thing. I can only ice fish. So paint crankbaits. Oh, yeah. well, there you go, Andy. There's your hookup. That, there's your guy. I'm still learning. I'm no. I'm no tackle craft. <laughs> Sorry, dude's on another level. But that that's so crazy to me. Just because I think it's what's it's probably not as crazy as I make it seem. But it's crazy to me because I am probably the least artistic person. Dude, so am I. Airbrush is totally different. I can draw stick people. When it comes to an airbrush, a lot of it's just layering and stencils, and mm. it's it's a different game. It's shading. A lot of it's like shading. Yeah. Shading, so if, blending, layering. Hmm. Yeah. So if you can take a pencil and make five different shades into it, you just have to learn how to like move that over into an airbrush game. Have you made a video on, on painting? Yes. Yeah. Yep, I've done a few. I'm gonna have to go browse and, and find that because I'm genuinely curious the process of it. But like for some for a dummy like me, can like what's the uh, the general gist of like process was? Like if you were going to get started or yeah. actually just like, like, no, 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 no. Like just take, like, you're just going to paint one crankbait. Like what's, what's the process of how you go through it? Uh, you'd prime it. So you'd go white and then any color you put on white is going to be brighter. So you kind of want to go from there. So if you want certain colors to be brighter, you're going to put on straight white or uh, like Andy was saying, you go like, I might go with like a dull yellow and then lay other colors over that, you know, and then you're blending them and, <laughs> I mean, there's guys out there that are just ridiculously good at it. And I don't, you know, I don't get a paint enough and I don't want it to be like a full-time thing. You know, I don't want to yeah. not like it. Um, so I just do it kind of when I have free time, but yeah, I mean, it's really just putting on a few different layers, you know, stenciling a couple things on and clearing it. So. Yeah. That's so fun. intriguing to me. Cause you can it's get, really fun. yeah, I think you find a lot of a lot of guys that have. I feel like the custom crankbaits, especially color wise, are in high demand. Like I feel like you see, like what is it? Is it folks custom cranks that we were talking about, Andrew? Mm -hmm. that, that makes some ridiculous stuff and like, but that's a lot of high demand stuff. That's why you can mark them up the way they are. But yeah, so like right now, this big thing. He, I, I was just looking at his page before we all hopped on here, and he had uh, pre Rapala stamped. Wiggle Ward said he sanded down and painted, and he was selling them, I think, for like either 37 or 57 a piece and like a fire craw. And he had like 40 of them. That's, that's nuts. I think I've got some. I got a whole bunch of that's the other cool thing that's like amazed me with YouTube is I got a P.O. box. I think that was early this year. And the amount of stuff like that people will send in to me. And I've had a couple, you know, really cool, just generous people sending stuff, and some of which were the pre Rapala warts. Mm -hmm. I got some old like flatfish. I got, gosh, I forget what else I got in that package. I have to go get it and show you. But like, I was just amazed when I opened it up. I'm like, damn, are you serious? Like, some of this stuff goes for good money. And, you know, I talked to the guy and he's like, oh, I'm just happy to help. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. Awesome. Oh, dude. oh, dude, you should totally go get it if, if you're, if you're, yeah, I'm going to drink to see that. Yeah, take your time. 
Dude, that's something I've been thinking about doing too, and I want I want to hear some fan feedback from that. Uh, like if we sh- if because I'm totally down to if we get fan mail type of deal to, to plug that on the show, I will totally cra- uh, crave out a segment. We can we can even add a whole show of like a whole fan you know fan mail type stuff. Like yeah. if there's things that people want to send that they want to have featured on the show, that would be something that'd be really cool. Dude, yeah, for sure. Especially if you guys are tackle people, if they want to send in stuff and show like oh, just some old lure Jensen's. So Ooh, is that the old speed trap? Yeah, similar to like the, nice. uh, the wart style. This is the hot shot. These are the big hot shots. Dude, oh, those so old lure and speed traps and stuff are, were incredible. I think he had a red, I think the red chrome or whatever was even more rare. He's so those hot those. shots, they're actually, um, those are steelhead plugs that they plug out west a lot for like big ocean run steelhead. Huh. Yeah, he had sent him. I remembered something like this vaguely, but I mean, I never fished like the fat fish. I used that when I was a kid a bunch, but nothing mm-hmm. ever like that. They're really good cool. current baits. You could actually like hang them out in current and just open your valve, use them on a spinning rod, uh-huh. and close it, and you can almost count them down to how deep they'll dive in current. Oh wow! Because they're they're made for so on like a, a steelhead drift boat, they'll do things called back rowing. So they'll sit there and back row with those plugs, and they plug. So with the current going downstream, that they're back rowing upstream, and it causes the baits to get down, and they can actually shift their boat around and make the baits move back and forth. Wow! Still have to come out and grab them. Yeah, I've never done it. Somebody was just telling me I need to go try to go steelhead fishing. I'm like, how am I going to do that in Iowa? I'm like, I there you go. If you ever get a free weekend, come to Buffalo in the fall. We'll go catch big smallies and go steelhead fishing. I got you. That sounds great, dude. <laughs> I've got. I'll see if I can get some more of these for you. I've got some old speed traps. That's a lure, Jensen old speed trap. That, those are money. So um, you can go back a little bit. Aaron Martin's on Grand Lake Bassmaster Classic did really well on an old lure, Jensen speed trap. Funny. Let's see what else. I had some more. He sent me some more clear hot shots. Oh, some of the little ones, which actually my dad still has some of um, that he used to throw for crappie all the time. Some of these little dudes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he's like, oh, we used to throw those for crappie. <laughs> like, they're just so weird because it's like, I mean, that's all Bill, you know? Yeah. It'll get down like four or five foot probably yeah. on a six-pound test. Cool little dudes. I'm trying to think what else did I get that I was really shocked. Um, these people those- send you those to, to paint them? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, paint some up, and I'm like, dude, I haven't even painted them yet. I haven't done a painting video for a long time, but he's like, yeah, paint some up. I've got some. I'm like, dude, I'm like these are too cool to even – paint like i want to just put up a shadow box of all these cool old lures and stuff you know oh like, that'd be cool too just like uh collection now they're the actual yeah. like speed trap links yeah and stuff actual too. speed traps like these are the actual i got some of the pre-wards oh man and it's got the stamp on it no these are the pre-repolo oh. these are completely nothing oh that's so cool some of the old old blank ones what oh, else so those are the pre-wrap. Uh, what else did he send? Some of the old flatfish and stuff. Old chrome. Dude, that's so sweet. Lure Jensen. Oh, yeah. Super cool. He used to live by the Lure Jensen um, factory, he said. So he used to get those for like nothing because it was just a whole bunch of old extra blanks I think, that they would throw out or whatever. And you could just right. go in and buy them like dirt cheap in their like warehouse office or whatever it was. I was like, man, can you imagine the money if you just bought like all those then? Dude, I bet you, like, if you, I'm not saying to do it, but I bet you if you listed, like, those old speed trap blanks, people would pay big money. Oh, for yeah, them. I'm sure. And it's like, I, I could never do that, you know, somebody's putting <laughs> those in. Yeah. Um, I want to just put a box of them together. I've, I've told him I'm going to paint some of my baits for him. And if he wants some of these, he's like, no, no, it's cool. I'm like, damn, like, I'm just some idiot in Iowa and you're sending me this stuff. Like, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Those speed traps, so if you do paint them up and you can get a chance to go out and fish and, like, 38 to 45 degree water right after ice out but that's when that speed trap really does work i want to try i think he sent me a ton of those little ones yeah those hot shots i actually want to mm-hmm. try some of those around some once we get ice out because he sent me like two packs of these i think they have like the holographic remember those old holographic things yeah you can see in all of them um a bunch of those and try them i know my old man would love to do that would kind of bring back memories so might have to do some of those I bet you those would be killer on the Mississippi. Yeah, a ton of river guys used to throw that kind of stuff. I know the um, like the wart style, you know, the um, like rock crawler type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I just don't do it enough. But you know, going out and doing some walleye like that, I guarantee the walleye would crush those. Find a hole and just crank over them. Yeah, like hot and tots, speed traps, hot shots. They're all awesome, awesome current. Weird action. They have a really big, wide deflecting action to them. So they're cool little baits. That's a sweet little piece of history. You got yeah, there. man. Super yeah. cool. I'm Thanks for that, showing so. us that. that yeah, was, oh, for sure. That's pretty wicked. i never seen anything like that. I would say Andy's knowledge of, of older bait is much more expansive than my own. <laughs> yeah, and I don't have a ton. I just, I kind of dabble in it, but I appreciate it. You know, I got into it with a lot of those old guys. So like, I did a whole video on like the history of worms. And for me, that was just so fun going back and, you know, cause a lot of that stuff I knew, but you know, I forgot a lot of it. And then you just, you know, it all starts to, you know, fall into place and learn and stuff. It's like, man, I forgot about a ton of that. So I appreciate the history. Like oh, yeah. I remember when the man's jelly worm was like oh. the biggest thing I've Dude, I've still got there. a bunch of those. Man's growing up was my favorite brand. The auger tail, like those little auger tail worms yeah. and the regular spade tail jelly worms. Yeah. Dude, you couldn't beat them. You couldn't beat them. I was throwing them on and I didn't know what it was, but I was just throwing like the old um like the eyeball jigs, you know, just the yeah. regular jigs with the um the painted eyes mm-hmm. and rigging them weedless just because I fished from the bank all the time. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But it was essentially like an old school shaky head is what yeah. it was. And I didn't even know it's what I was doing. A very small shank of a hook, but I mean, it gets the job done. Didn't worry. Yeah, it didn't matter to me. All I had was a hell, probably a, a, I don't even know what it was, probably quantum. Then I had a bunch of quantum stuff before they kind of tanked. But, you know, some old quantum rod with probably eight pound line on it, you know. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually bought an Accurist. I had a whole bunch of people asking about the Accurist. So I bought one. I'm like, I didn't even know they were still making like new reels, but this is like a new one for this year. So nice. we'll see. I didn't know Quantum was making stuff either. I figured KVD leaving them and, and uh, oh, who else? Swindle leaving them with like, the last straw. Swindle. I think their biggest name guys now, like Darren Craig down there in Alabama. He's oh, the like a quantum guy, yeah. He's a full, really? full bomb quantum guy. Who's the other guy? Uh, who? Watt didn't Watson leave? Watson, 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 Watson's still with Quantum, actually. Oh no, no, Hackney, Greg Hackney, I think was with yeah. Quantum. And left. He went to lose too because yeah. the whole yeah. Strike King umbrella. Yeah, yeah. I think they, it might have been something maybe contractually where they're like, you know, if you're with Striking, you know, maybe we'll add more money or something like that if you come Probably. over. To lose that sort of deal, but um, I don't know. But it's an interesting deal. I've never actually used any quantums before, so I have no experience. Man, like I got the you know the accuracy is a ninety nine dollar reel. So so many of those, like I would even guess quantum is a. I think it's Douyu Lang or Shoyu something. I forget what the Chinese factory is, but like Douyu is the Korean factory, and literally it's Abu made right next to Lose, made right next to. I forget who's all Doyo factory. Then you've got like the 13 fishing, you know, is in mm-hmm. one. So a lot of them are so similar. It's like, that's why I always kind of chuckle when, you know, guys will downgrade one and talk good about the other. It's like, I use them for what they are and try them out. And they have the same parts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that tackle has come so far. Like I remember when I was getting rid of a lot of my old stuff, I had some of my dad's, you know, old Bantams. I have to go grab that, but some, you know, old Bantam, some of the old Ryobis, like some of the first magnetic brakes to come out. Um, and it's a lot of the same stuff that you see now. You know, obviously they've improved. And now a $100 reel is far better than, you know, a $300 reel back then. But overall, it hasn't changed that much, you know. And they mm-hmm. stuff has gotten so good at $100. Like, I don't know, people scoff at that stuff. You know, you have the pure diehard, you know, bleed Shimano guys. But, you know, for a weekend angler and stuff. I mean, the other stuff is going to do just fine. So No, yeah, definitely, 100%, for sure. There's nothing better than an old green Bantam Corrado, though. I don't even I don't even like to bring that up. I had one and sold it when I was upgrading all my stuff because it probably just needed to be cleaned, you know. And at that time, I wasn't cleaning my stuff, and then I started getting into, like, taking apart reels and now seeing what those go for and how hard they are to get. Like, I still cringe at that, but. Yeah, I had one like four years ago, and I sold it for like fifty or sixty 50 bucks. bucks. Yeah, I sold yeah, mine for fifty yeah. bucks on Craigslist. Yeah, shot myself in the foot. It was a, uh, I think it was like a five one to one. It was like, oh no, it was a four eight to one. It was a super low huh. gear one. See, that's the thing they didn't have. I'm assuming it was a right hander, right? Yeah, I don't know it if was. Left, you're ready? Because people right ask me, I use both now. I've trained myself to use left handed reels, and people ask me why I switch back and forth. 
I'm like, well, I only learned with right-handed. Like, that's all they used to make back in the day. Like, you go to a department store and you couldn't find left-handed reels. Mm -hmm. It was all right-handed stuff. So you see a lot of those guys, you know, cast and then switch hands to reel. And a lot of people just didn't understand that, like, lefty stuff you couldn't find. So. Oh, yeah. I yeah. actually have a really funny story about that. I don't know why it just popped in my head. I, uh, for three years while I was in college, uh, I worked at uh, a field and stream, which is now uh, Sports Warehouse, the same location. But either way, uh, I was working at Field and Stream, and I had an older gentleman come into the fishing section that I was working at looking for a certain lefty reel. Uh, and he wanted it in, a, in an 8 one I think it was like a 13 reel. And I, we didn't have any. It actually just sold the only lefty we had left like two days prior. <laughs> and it, because like we we rarely ever got lefties in because not many people buy them anyways. <laughs> and I still remember the guy getting like his face just went completely just depressed and just looks at me and goes, you make me sick. And then just walks out of, walks out of the field straight. I'm like, I don't know what I can I'm do. I'm sorry. They only send your IDs. I don't. I didn't know what to do at the same point in time. I kind of felt bad. Learn to use a writing nerd. That's what you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Like on the whole lefty righty thing, I started fishing baitcasters with a lefty. Hmm. So I reel left-handed with my spinning reel. So it's like it only feels natural to do it the baitcaster. Now I use all righties. And now I'm starting to get a few left-handed reels again because there's a couple techniques that I want to just use a left-handed reel that I feel like it's just going to be quicker and easier for me to do. So yeah, yeah, like cast and retrieve. I can throw cast and retrieve stuff all day with my left hand, but like anything where I have to set a hook hard, like frogging or jigs, I still have to go with a right-handed retrieve. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just weird, but yeah, I get called weird because I'm right-handed when it comes to bait casters, and I'm also right-handed with spinning. When for some reason everyone's left-handed, that's so weird. Yeah, so I'm right-handed everything. <laughs> but I can. That's, I way, get yeah, that's why I was too. I know a lot of guys that are like that. Yeah, I get called weird all the time. For oh man, <laughs> and uh, like I'll get. I used to get hate stuff. Like I did a, a video of like, why would I even do this? And it was right versus left. And there was the people that are like, you're just doing this for attention. You're, you just want to try to be like a pro. <laughs> Negative attention Whoa. is still attention. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm like, this is just the way you learn how to use it. So thanks for the free engagement, buddy. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> engagement is engagement. That is good. Yep, that is very true. So, so dude, talk to us. Um, I, I want to know what the YouTube thing, like, is that, is that the dream of going full-time YouTube? Like what's, well, what's the plan? I mean, it didn't start out to be. I remember my goal when I first started. Sorry, you might hear kiddos up there dropping oh, stuff good. and throwing the dog around. Who knows? But you are um, fine. <laughs> so, yeah, my goal was to have 2,000 subscribers in the first two years. I remember when I first started. I'm like, if I can do 1,000 a year, like, that would be crazy. Um, and I blew that out of the water. Like, I never thought where I would be today would even be real. So, it never was. Like, I never wanted to. And I don't know, it's it's still kind of on the edge of if I will or not, but, you know, with the how volatile YouTube and all that can be, you know, there could be a new platform to come out. And just uh, was that last year with the whole advertisement deal where they came out with the COPPA thing and um, not monetizing on kid channels. So any of those kid channels, oh, yeah, um, you know, they took away all sort of revenue. People couldn't comment on them. So that's why the whole switch from is your video made for kids or not? Which luckily, you know, my stuff wasn't fishing. It's, you know, it's, it's made for adults mainly. But, you know, that's scary. You know, if, if I made that that switch, I've got two kids, you know, and a family to support. So for me, it's always had to be a hobby. I don't know. Maybe, but I don't know. I respect that. I respect the hell out of that. Yeah, definitely do. Yeah, kudos to the guys that do, man. You got bigger balls than me just to drop everything and say, screw it, I'm going full time. That, yeah. That's scary. That's a scary leap. Yeah. And especially that, but I mean, if it works out, I mean, that's, that's the gig right there though. I mean, just yeah. not, not fishing and getting paid to fish. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but like the guys that don't have families to worry about too. I mean, that's gotta be the, the dream gig for not saying it's bad to have a family and kids, but like, it's gotta be a lot easier, less pressure on you to you know, to obviously perform and get those analytics that you you need. Yeah, the fam and kids definitely cuts down on the fishing time, but yeah, no, for sure. But I, obviously, it's different priorities for different people. But yep. uh, I mean, 
is there is there a dream here with fishing or are you kind of enjoying and the ride and dude i'm just i'm stoked with where i'm at like like i said i never thought this would even be possible to you know people asking me to be on podcasts um people asking me to fish with them random people i've never met you know dude i'm a huge fan fish with me i'm like i'm some idiot still in my mom's basement here what people think uh, <laughs> you know who just love to fish um so no i'm just enjoying the ride dude it's it's a ton of fun yeah, Devin said uh, that behind him is a little Barbie house, and he said it's his daughter's, but I, I think... We got the Scooby wagon there, too. Yeah, I think he just forgot to put it away before he got on here with us. Yeah, don't tell me. <laughs> Woke up from a, from a nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the funny thing is, like, my dog, we, we adopted a dog a few months back, and he's taken over the, uh, it's like a Barbie house tent thing, and there's, like, a big pillow in there. And whenever I'm editing or whatever, he's taking that over completely as his little castle. <laughs> That's kind of funny, though. <laughs> That's cool. He's king so, of the house. Yep. Yeah. King of the castle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is, oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, for some reason, I sound like it was from a movie, but I'll scratch it. Was, that. I think it was Borat. That's what that's you what again, <laughs> <laughs> did, did I remember? Sorry, sidetrack squirrel. Did I remember, uh, Eric? <laughs> I only got to listen to like an hour and 15 of the uh, epic Eric one. Uh, <laughs> but was he talking about the sugar shad? Sugar shad, sugar shad. Spirit shad. We're talking about spirit shad from Gadget. That's another old Lure Jensen one. I forgot that one in there. And then the, uh, check out that one. Whoa, what the heck? Yeah, it's like the cross. Dude, that's an one. old man's, I believe. Or is it a Lure Jensen? It might be a Lure Jensen. I think that's the, uh, what do they call that one? Hot Lips Express. That was the first Ooh. run. I don't know. Anyway, got sidetracked. Those were cool. I've never seen anything like that. Before. I think I those Hot Lips good. actually got down to like 20, 25 foot, but they yeah, cast the like diver. rat. <laughs> and the rattle's really weird, too. Yeah. What, what kind of action does that put off with the bill like shaped like that? Like, what know. is that supposed to affect? I've never fished it. I remember they used to have these. I remember I had, I think dad had an old one like this with that cross, almost cross coffin type lip. I think I they built it like that for like deflecting off. Brush. I would assume so, yeah. All right. So sometimes those like straight build cranks will actually still get hung up in brush. Yep. I think they went with that design. Like the coffin, the coffin type build deal. Yeah, like the cop, it's kind of like a hybrid square bill get it down, but also to deflect and probably turn when it hits that brush so it doesn't get hung up as easy. I don't know how buoyant these were, but I know that was another thing they were doing too, was messing with buoyancy, you know, as soon as it would hit it to get it up and over, kind of like a balsa deal, you know, you can fish mm -hmm. balsa through that, pop it up and over and come through almost, you know, walk, walk the dog type through deal. Yeah. Right. Do you have like a niche of baits? Because obviously you have a massive collection um, but like, is there, is there like a niche or a line of baits that kind of just sparks your interest more than anything else? Like old stuff or just to fish? Like if I could fish anything, anything, like, are you like a square bill guy? Are you frogs. a guy? Frogs? If I could throw frogs all day, every day, it'd be frogs for sure. Frogs? Is there a, a certain, a specific frog or a certain mod, like brand that you're kind of, you lean towards or no, no. Um, I mean, I used to fish the booyahs a ton just cause they were cheap and they mm -hmm. worked. Um, right. You know, they're a decent all-around frog. Uh, but this year, I had never used them, and people kept telling me to get the um, River to Sea, the Bullywa. Mm. That's a solid little frog. Um, the Reaction Innovation, the Swamp Donkey, is just a good kind of all-around frog. So um, sad they stopped making that, I'm pretty sure. I mm, I thought they were still in Taco Warehouse. No, I think they changed the plastic that was on them. Oh, that stinks. I'll look at them right now. Sprinker, okay. I'm a big fan of the Tackle Sprinker. Similar design, just, you know, with that ploppy tail. They're actually identical. Not the Sprinker, but the, the Tackle made a frog, right? The same as the Swamp Donkey. Yeah, and it's, it's the exact same mold-looking yeah. deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the dot might be a little bit off. I compared him when I was talking about that in the video, but that's interesting. I didn't know who made which first or how that went. Like Reaction innovations. Dude, the, the tackle industry is so cutthroat. Like, it's just crazy, man. Mm -hmm. Have crazy. you tried any, like, popping frogs? Um, Let's see. My favorite. Actually, the uh, popping perch was surprisingly good. I thought it was a gimmick, and I never used it for the longest time. Um, But I think, like, three years ago, I had really good luck on that. 
because it looks awesome. stupid like the tail and everything i'm like i always trim mine you know so the legs are only like an inch mm-hmm. um but i fished at stock and i had really good luck on that yeah uh, i think uh, todd castledine put out a video where he like uh he used the pop and perch and then he used like a i think it was like a live target or something like that and went through the same area where he's got a lot of bites and just threw both of them on and off and he just didn't see a difference in bites at all huh and I, I would expect that. Like a lot of it, I think is totally presentation and location over yeah. lure. Like Especially if there's map. something there and map it looks sort of something to eat, you know, they're going to hit it. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a different popping frog to look at if you don't have them yet is the jackal gavacho. Yeah, that's a, a cool gavachos. It's a cool little popping yep. frog. I think uh, I had the bluegill when I tried it last year. I didn't catch anything on it. It was at the end of the year when it was getting cold. That and the kara. I got mm-hmm. that one too last year, like a little uh, more a frog, type frog. Yeah, I had good luck with that one. I'm trying to think what else. KR, what is, that's Jackal, right? Jackal, yeah. yeah. Have you tried the Sixth Sense? What is it called? The, oh, the uh, Vega Frog? Have you tried yeah. that one? I got a bunch of those. Yeah, that walks super easy. It's kind of a weird design. It's got more of a long, slender right. design as opposed to more of like a ovalish fat. It's probably lots of easy. Uh, probably lots of it's, it's probably like a spoon style, so it'll actually walk mm. easier. Yep. Oh, point. I forgot the Mega Bass Big Gabo. That was probably my favorite from this year, and I didn't want to say that because it's stupidly expensive. There's no reason it should be like. <laughs> what the eighteen ninety nine or something? Yeah, eighteen ridiculous. bucks. Like that's so stupid, but. Oh yeah, there's sixteen bucks. Yeah, here. Yeah, Man, here's the, the uh, I think they call it the catamaran catamaran mouth design. Whatever the mm-hmm. hell that means. You know, it's like a cupped mouth, but dude, like walk spit. super easy. Yeah, walk super easy and like cuts a little like, you know, when you put your hand in the water when you're a kid in the swimming pool and you do this to the, you know, your buddies and skim it across the top. Yeah. Like that's what it does. Like almost sprays it. Um, so it's got that wide like spook walk to it is what you're saying. If you want to. Yeah. I mean, you can do that. Uh, you can chug it. Like some some frogs like the uh, that launch frog the scum launch frog mm. that one's a little bit harder to get to walk like it's more of a chug like if you want to chug it super easy but like that big gabo like i mean it walks super easy mm. there's that uh, right next to the mega bass one is the uh, the man super frog i haven't used that i saw that i'm such a man's fan i got some of their new whatever their wacky jelly worm is just for mm. old time's sake it was all right oh and the springer worm that was springer. kind of a cool design i'm still on the fence about it it's a like a wacky worm, like a little. It looks like a smaller senko, but it's got a spring all the way through it. So when you wacky rig it, you're actually putting your hook through the spring, and it's like a weighted wacky rig. But it's got a real good wobble on the way down. Hmm. But once you use it, I'd have to go get. I think it's still. I still have one out, but it gets all ripped up in the middle, and then you've got spring showing, and then the ends want to pull off. So I don't know. That's good cool. design, poor execution. Yeah, but I, like I don't know how you keep plastic on a spring, you know. And I'm sure they're they're expensive to make, so it's like then you've got that conundrum. Because the problem I ran into is, you know, your wacky worm will run up the line, but when you try to get it back down on the hook, like I was really having to push it through there, and people are like, "Well, you should only go through one thing of the spring," you know, like when you pull them apart and do that. Well, then I lost it, like after two casts. So you have to go through two where it's like tight. So could you O-ring it and go kind of go through like through the spring and O-ring? It's too skinny. Like unless uh. you could find like a really, really small rubber O-ring, I suppose you could probably go to like Menards and look in the plumbing stuff. Cause I know some guys were saying you could do that and find deals. Um, Cause people I have are, an idea. Know. So um, Drennan, it's a bobber company. So they make like float tubes that go on the bobbers and they're real little, like maybe one sixty-eighth or one thirty-second. But you Probably. can stretch them out really far. That might work. I've heard of people doing like the heat shrink tubing on mm-hmm. wacky worms. I'm sure that would actually work great now that I say that because you've got the hard middle. You couldn't over shrink it and cut the bait. Yeah. Like you can shrink literally right onto that and probably go through one one deal of the heat shrink with one one coil. I'd just be worried about like heating it up and then like messing up the the consistency of the plastic. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you try to keep it as much on the, the tubing as possible, you know, with like a heat gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Andy, remind me to show you something that just popped up on here after the show that I think will help our conversation from prior. And we'll show you too, Devin. We're not okay. showing. We're not going to show this one on air. 
All right. <laughs> Just for time's sake. But, uh, oh, man, what was I going to get at, too? Um, oh, crap. Talking about old plastics. Producto worms. Do you have any producto worms laying around from, like, the early 90s? No. Sluggos, I've got. Oh, man. Uh, the Lunker Cities? Yep. I forget what the other ones were called. That's what I grew Somebody, up on. I forget what they were called, but they were, like, uh, a little little grub with like two cone tails on them. They almost looked like a little flying deal. Um, Cause I didn't remember what they were. And somebody told me, but he said they're mm. super hard to find now. A couple packets of those, the man's auger tail. Like I never see anybody talking about those anymore, but dude, that was such a cool, it was kind of just a twist on the, you know, a curly tail worm, but they had the auger tail. So it was like the tail actually came down in a big long U with like a little spade on it. So once you, you know, once the tail came back, it was real tight. You know, it wasn't big like a curly tail. It was real tight, but I don't know. I mean, I used to just crush on those. Hmm. Hmm. That's super interesting. Well, dude, talking about YouTube real quick before we, we're going to, we're going to wrap things up in a little bit and okay. uh, we'll hit you with our, our question. And we like to, to hit everybody who's new to the show, but um, you know, when it comes to the YouTube, uh, like how I asked you earlier, like how you, you have your hands in so many different niches of the fishing industry, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, the YouTube side of things where you're doing review videos, you're doing just going out fishing videos, you're go, you're doing in, like informational stuff, uh, instructionals all over the place. If you could kind of like only choose one avenue where you really wanted to, to keep moving forward with, where I go make only that kind of video consistently, like what, what would you pick? Would it, would it be just you know, just simple going out and fishing and filming or do you really enjoy like making review videos or what? Gosh, that's hard. It would probably be between like, I'm a huge gear nerd. So I like taking stuff apart and looking at it. So it'd probably be between like, if just all brands sent me something, if I could get into something where I just like had all the new stuff to like look at and tinker with um, reviews would be fun, but it would probably be like the how to's and instructional type thing, just cause those are the most rewarding. Like, there's nothing cooler than people sending me, you know, dude, I caught my PB because of, you know, X, Y, or Z video because of you. I never would have got out and fished. Like, that's just crazy. That That's so cool to read. It's, it's like being a coach, you know. I was more nervous for people that I was cornering than I was for me. You know, if I got beat, you know, that's my own fault. I didn't prepare or, you know, the guy was better. But, like, when you're in somebody's corner that you care about and you can't do anything, you know, they get done with the fight. And they're like, dude, I won that because of a move you showed me. Man, it's it's unmatched. That's pretty sweet. Yes, we basically been talking to a certified badass for for fifty two minutes. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, old, I'm old and fat and decrepit. <laughs> Welcome we to just the blame club. it on the beer. Body body by beer now. Yeah. Oh, I that'd be a great t shirt. <laughs> body by I'm beer. Sure have it. <laughs> it's gotta be. Trademark it. Get it up there. <laughs> Um, but I meant to ask you earlier when you talked about your neck injury, if you don't mind yeah. sharing, what exactly happened? Uh, it was really just, uh, you know, one of those longtime wear deals. So I finally, probably for a month, I was having my right arm. I couldn't feel like my first three fingers for oh, close to a month. And I'm like, I knew something was going on. And it's just one of those things where it's like, are you injured? Or are you hurt? Like, that's always the thing in MMA. And I'm assuming any other sport, like, you're never a hundred percent. So it's like, you know, suck it up. Don't be a wuss. You know, you're just injured. You're not actually hurt. And it finally got to the point where I was like having really bad headaches and like, I had never had migraines or anything, but like similar to migraines plus like my whole arm was tingling. So it like, it literally felt like somebody had a fire under my arm all day. I'm like, damn, I got to go in. So I got an MRI on my spine and everything. And when the doctor came in, you know, she's like, you know, are you feeling all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. She's like, so were you in a car wreck or what happened to you? And I'm like, no. And like, I laughed at her. I'm like, that's funny. And she was looking at me like, this, this isn't a joke. That's when I was like, oh, damn, like what's going on? <clears throat> and I had multiple vertebrae. Um, actually, I forget which numbers, but a set of three. So, you know, two merging into the middle one had actually fused uh, because I had no disc there. Like the disc was completely gone mm. just from wrestling and everything. She's like, I'm surprised you're not in like crazy pain, but they've essentially done what we would do for elderly patients and they've fused together on their own. Usually they'll put like a titanium plate in there and drill screws into your vertebrae. And like, I still don't have very good movement, but like my body healed itself, I guess is kind of a blessing, but I'm sure when I get older, it'll be hell. I'll have to get, you know, fake discs and stuff put in, but. Oh man, that's brutal. 
We'll see. Yeah. So that was kind of the point. She's like, if you keep going, like if you're going to need surgery, you know, you could get hurt pretty bad because you don't have discs there or, you know, you'd lay off it. It's your choice. So I was like, I have kids now, you know, what am I doing? So yeah, I'm going to go fishing. Exactly. Guys, I'm going fishing. That's perfect. Well, it's, it's good. Cause I mean, you hear stories again, especially, Oh geez, especially neck injuries of, of people that don't make it out that lucky. Especially when it comes to sports, yeah, it, neck and head is nothing to mess with. <laughs> I remember when we first started training; like it was still pretty young when I got into it. It was like 2002. Um, and, you know, they didn't have all the sanction stuff. You know, they weren't blood testing before fights. I remember one of the guys of our gym fought twice in a night, and it was literally a bar where you could sign up to fight anyone of any weight. You know, it was just like uh, I think it was McCain. I don't remember who else, but you know, it was huge in politics. They called it human cockfighting and they were trying to get it shut down. And, <laughs> you know, finally it came into, you know, an actual sport with sanctions and all that stuff. But Sheesh. yeah, it was, it was crazy back in the day. That is nuts. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Um, so dude, we're going to, we're going to wrap things up here in a second, but uh, we have one last question that we like to ask everybody who is new to the show uh, just cause it's, it, it like, it stumps a lot of people. So uh, I'm intrigued to hear your answers, uh, especially coming from that uh, that fighting background, just because I'm very curious to see what, what you're going to say here. But uh, essentially the question goes is, if you could sit down, have a steak, have a beer with three different individuals and pick their brain, uh, who are you going to invite and why? They don't have to be fishing industry and they don't have to be presently living. So they could be from a thousand years ago, doesn't even matter. What three people are you going to sit down with and pick their brain and why Nikola Tesla, just because I think he had so much information. There was so much in there that he wanted to do and go through, you know, the whole energy and electricity thing. Like, you know, one of his big things was, you know, free energy that, you know, we shouldn't be charging for energy and we've got, you know, the whole DC current thing, everything that he got into. I think there was just so much in his brain, like somebody that intelligent, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a, a very bright guy, but talking to somebody with dreams like that and that big of a vision, like, dude, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine, you know, the things that he had thought about and, you know, how long and how many different inventions and, you know, whatever he had done to get to that point, um, you know, to get to the Tesla coil. Uh, I think he would be probably number one. Um, gosh, two and three. One point in time, I, it's not a, necessarily a person, but like, I just couldn't fathom going back to see an actual dinosaur as childish <laughs> as that sounds. That's something Heck I've always yeah. wanted to do just because like, you know, it used to be the whole thing if we thought they were reptiles, right? You know, they look like a scaly reptile. Now, more recently, it's like, well, they were birds, you know, all of them might have had fur and feathers, you know, on them. They don't know. Like, I just, I couldn't imagine seeing something bigger than my house walking around. Um, with couldn't really birds talk to and them. Feathers. Yeah. Being a bird. With, like, a, could you imagine a T-Rex, T-Rex covered in feathers? <laughs> really I don't know, man. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park is now ruined. <laughs> Remake um, Gosh, that'd be so three. terrifying. Dude, yeah. <laughs> At least you know he couldn't fly. Like yeah. you just hope somebody Maybe. had a glider or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Hell who knows? You can't. Yeah, exactly. Just like take the screech away from it, the growl that they think they have, and give them yeah. like this weird annoying screech and like a like a turkey. Sounds like a turkey can. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, we got great. We just ruined Jurassic Park for everyone. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> Jurassic God. Park is now a comedy. <laughs> number three, man, I don't know who number three would be. Um, about somebody maybe in fishing too. How about, how about that? So you, did, you did two. You did a, a, an extinction of a race, and then <laughs> yeah, we got we got deep here. And now we're going to talk about aliens next. No, I'm kidding. Oh, let's go! I can go hold an hour. We're all aliens. Okay, hey, yeah, this could be simulation. We might not even be real. This could be simulation. Anyway, um, number three, like it wouldn't necessarily be somebody dead, but like either Bill Dance or Hank Parker, like. Or we could even go old school and go Babe Winkleman. I mean, mm. I watched him growing right. up too, but probably probably Bill Dance or or Mr. Parker. If I could just like spend a day and fish with one of those guys. I met them both at the Bassmaster Classic, and both of them had like a funny line. Like I didn't expect anything going up to them. 
I kind of thought they might be dicks, you know, because of, and I, I don't know if I can say that in here. Sorry. No, go for it. No, you're fine. You can okay. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to think, you know, just with them being in the industry song and probably people hounding them. But I was catching Bill Dance as he was walking out to go to the escalator. I'm like, Mr. Dance, I'm like, can I, I trouble you for a picture? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. Get over here. I'm like, okay, cool. I go to put my arm around him. He's like, your fly's down. I'm like, what? And they take the picture. He's like, ha, ha, gotcha. I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the first picture of me is like this with him. And the second one's like. <laughs> and then uh, I was with my buddies from South Carolina. And we walked up to see Zach and Andrew, the guys over looking for fish. Good dudes. Um, and we were going over to meet Hank Park because I'm like, dude, he's here. I got to go meet him. And uh, Andrew, I think it was Andrew, had my camera. And he's like, all right. He's like, well, smile on three. He's like, oh, where are you guys from? I'm like, I'm from Iowa. He's like, he's from South Carolina. He's like, oh. He's like, does he need to take off his shoes to count to three? <laughs> <laughs> so it was just funny. Like, I didn't. I figured, you know, it would just be a quick kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, what do you want, you know, get a picture. But, man, both of them, you know, for me being some nobody, like, they were just on top of it and just fun just to do. So. That's, that's yeah. too cool. Have you, uh, have you ever listened to – what is it called? Oh, what is it? It's with Jeff Foxworthy, uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Was it Blue Collar Comedy? Blue Collar Comedy Tour, yeah. Yeah. I would have loved to see – when they sit on the stools and they do the here's your sign thing, yep. I would have loved to hear Hank Parker's spinoff. Oh, God. I'm sure he's got a bunch of them. And by the sounds of it, Bill Dance would be a great addition as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the funniest one was like, uh, you might be a redneck if you're mowing your lawn and you accidentally find your car. You might be a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> I watch those old ones all the time. Yeah, they were funny. They're gold. That was probably my favorite three ever just because you brought up dinosaurs. And I'm a I'm a huge dinosaur fan. I'm still a kind of a nerd about it. Yeah, yeah. I could I couldn't imagine. I just I couldn't imagine it. And now it's all ruined. Feathers and wings. And now it's ruined. Yeah. You ruined it for me. You ruined my childhood. Pink, pink feathers with little wings, Tyrannosaurus. He wasn't scary <laughs> at all. He had sharp teeth. He actually didn't even eat meat. He just he used that to cut vegetation. <laughs> herbivore. Yeah, he was he was actually a herbivore. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined your podcast, guys. It's probably <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'll send you a hundred bucks afterwards to make up for it. We're gonna have like a hundred thumbs down on this one because we ruined everyone's childhood. Who's, like who's, who's this idiot in his mom's basement talking about dinosaurs? Get this dummy off here <laughs> with, the, with the Barbie house. Yeah, with the Barbie house. Good lord. <laughs> Sorry. Imagine the good thing is whoever comes on next will look great because I've totally brought down the average, so they'll look like a superstar. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm a stepping stone for people. It's it's slowly becoming a uh, a not so serious angler podcast, and I love it. <laughs> Sorry, no, we'll have get, we'll have to get, we actually have like a little segment uh, where we, we literally call it not so serious, and uh, we'll have to bring you on for those. I feel like you'd be a great addition. I I would be down. Sweet, We're, we have we have one coming up in a little bit. We'll we'll send you the invite your way. All right, let me know. But dude, for real, thank you so much for taking the time out tonight. It's been an thank absolute blast to talk to you about, talk to you, and obviously learn your story and you know talk some baits with you. And uh, I definitely plan on picking your brain a little bit more about some of the baits you got locked up uh, in that in that Barbie house that you probably used to store all of your all of your baits. But it's all good. <laughs> He's got boxes full of like oh yeah speed traps and all the goodies. Yeah. Yeah. Next to it, you got Barbie. Next to it, you got Barbie house <laughs> and my kids. So. You know, like, if somebody would ever break in, that's probably the last place they're going to look for you. Exactly. I put them in old Barbie boxes because they're like, we don't want Barbie boxes. I'm like, yes, my, my hot shots are in there. I'll never look there. <laughs> oh, man, it's too funny. But seriously, dude, Devin, uh, it's been a blast, man. Uh, thank you no. for coming on. And, uh, dude, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right, man. See you later. Bye-bye. That was I. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next not so serious. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a we'll have to bring up aliens just because he brought it up. We'll, we'll have to go down that rabbit hole when yeah, we have that on again. Eric would be a fun one for not so serious too. Who? Eric, like epic Eric. Oh, I, oh my gosh, yeah. And we should we should, <laughs> if we really wanted to get crazy, we could make it into a uh, like a drinking game. Eric can't talk about any crankbait or bait at all throughout the episode. <laughs> Just like wild driving stories, what you've seen while on the water. Oh man, yeah, dude, that would be kind of cool to like.
bring out a bunch of guys that are whether they're pros or not, but the guys that travel and fish and just like some yeah. of the crazy stuff you've seen. That would be that would be kind of a cool segment for sure. Let us but, know uh, if that's a good idea. Yeah, let us know if you guys have listened to that. If not, let us know if we should avoid that. <laughs> More of a danger close. Don't even bother. Yeah. Uh, but uh, talking about, you know, let us know, like feedback stuff. Like what we talked about earlier when um, Devin had brought up a P.O. box. Let us know if that's something that we should set up or if you guys want something featured on a show. We can literally either, you know, feature it on a show as part of our introduction or we can literally create another episode uh, where we just do fan mail. We just bring up what you guys have sent us, that sort of thing, and we can go through it and talk about it. So let us know if you guys would be interested in doing something like that because I'll totally set it up and uh, we can get that rolling. But in other words of stuff that fans should do, if you guys play Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing, join our group because we're getting some sweet stuff rolling. And there's going to be top. There's gonna be the top three are all going to be winners of a sweet prize pack. And so far we got Queen Tackle involved. We got P-Line. We're going to be teaming up with uh, with Adam Deacon Business from the Bass Boat. We're going to be live streaming some different shows about our picks, about a preview of the Elite Series tournaments coming up, some recaps. It's uh, it's going to be pretty exciting stuff. So make sure you guys, if you are doing Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing, go join it. It's a Serious Angler podcast. We are, uh, I think we're eighth right now on the list for, for wow. those people in Rome. Grown fast. Yeah, we, we know Tackle Warehouse already at 1,000 or something like that. I don't know if they're at 1,000 yet, but they're pretty damn close, but. But it's it's gonna be a lot of fun, and we're only we're still trying to get more companies on board. So for people who can who are looking to to play and looking to win, if you think you're smart enough to uh, to win on the fantasy fishing, savvy, you need some savvy. Yeah. You need some risks. Take you know you gotta be a baller to to win that. But either way, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Hope you guys will join that. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else we need to let the folks know before Friday's episode. No man, I think I think we're good. Just keep be on the lookout for. A- Content coming. We know we keep saying that, but there is stuff coming down. The- it's hard right now when we're in New- so. <laughs> when we're in New York and it's the winter, but it's really going to pick up around that that February, like mid February and March time frame when we start getting some ice out. And I'm looking to hopefully film as as I travel a little bit here and there. But uh, it should be it should be fun. But uh, other than that, folks, we appreciate you as always tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys on Friday.